to 7 Cinema. I'm Dennis. And I'm Bonnie. And we are here talking about the Oscar winners for Best Picture. And uh, we're counting them down from the worst to the best. Yes. And uh, we're up to number 35. Wow. Yeah, we've already started talking about them individually. We have Wings at 69. So we've talked about 34. And then after this one, we'll have 34 left. So we're kind of in the wow. half. Wow. Yes, there's some through. sort of symmetry there. Yeah. But what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about Ben Hur. Yeah. From 1959. Ever heard of it? I had heard of it. Yes. I didn't yeah. know anything about it. Okay. Uh, I think I well, could. I think I came, came up, up with, with Chariot, which yeah. is good because I, I didn't, I didn't, I had only heard about it. I'd never seen that scene. Right. So a very famous scene. It is a famous. Yeah. I mean. Uh yeah, I've seen it several times. Okay. Too. Really. Wow. Uh yeah, I've seen it probably. I would say three. Well, three times, and then I watched it twice this week. So wow, that's a lot of hours. <laughs> This is a very long movie. Yeah. And then I also watched this week the 1925 silent version of Ben-Hur. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Which was another wow. two hours and 20 minutes. Okay. Very short. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you should say this is the longest Best Picture winner. Oh, is it? Three hours and 40. <laughs> yes. If you... It, it, it's the longest total run time. It, it, ha, it does have... 26 minutes of overture and intermission. So, I fast-forwarded. Yeah, this. if you fast-forward that the, and just look at actual movie time, I think Gone with the Wind and Lawrence of Arabia are a little bit longer. Okay. But, yeah. this was, And we haven't gotten to those yet. No. Wow. Uh, 1959 is a pretty big year for movies, actually. Oh. Uh, have you ever seen The Nun's Story? No. Okay. That's a drama starring Audrey Hepburn. It's directed by Fred Zinnemann, and we've already seen two of his movies. Have we? Yeah, uh, I think probably two two of our favorites. Oh. He directed From Here to Eternity okay. and A Man for All Seasons. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Is so, this a good movie? It looks good. I like nuns. So. Yeah, it's one that you don't want to like go in thinking, oh, this is probably just like The Sound of Music, because it's very serious drama. Um, okay. Audrey Hepburn plays, it's based on a true story of a a Belgian nurse. I mean, she becomes a nun because she wants to be a nurse. And Uh so she does, much of the movie is about her conflict with the superiors because really she she feels more called to be a nurse than to be a nun. Uh And so she kind of struggles, I guess, with her obedience. Mm -hmm. Because she has a like a real passion to go to the Congo, okay, controlled by Belgium at the time, oh. you know. So, like, I think one of the parts I remember is she does eventually get sent, but they assign her to like the rich hospital that oh. for the treating the colonists uh-huh. with their right. things, <laughs> and <laughs> so she like bristles against it, and so it's. Um, yeah, it's an interesting movie. Very serious. It's interesting because it's it's it doesn't. It's, it's not like a rosy picture of um, religious life. Uh-huh. Um, it, I mean, I think the movie pretty much takes her side and her complex with the superiors, uh-huh. but it's 
by no means anti-clerical. Right. It kind of takes these issues seriously. And, Gives her um, perspective. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it in a while, but uh, yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't like it. So, you like Audrey Hepburn? I do. Who doesn't yeah. like Audrey Hepburn? The Diary of Anne Frank. Oh, wow. Another yeah. powerful story. Very, yeah, very serious, uh, powerful story. Uh, have you ever seen this movie? No. no I'm, I'm sure you know the I've story. read the book. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is probably the most famous movie version of it. Uh, okay. This is the story of a, uh, a young girl. I mean, it's, it's her actual diary was found later, and she's living in hiding in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, during the war. Uh, she's a, a Jewish family, and, and kind of her, her diary trace her years living with these another family and another single individual in this attic. Yeah. It's it's a very powerful story. And then um, she dies in the Holocaust. She eventually gets Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry, Everybody knows funny, that. But yeah. No. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's it's really devastating. I just watched this I don't know if I watched it again. It's it's hard it's the story itself is so ubiquitous that I really didn't remember if I actually seen this movie version, and I, I may have. I, I I've definitely at least seen parts, like maybe in class or school or something. Okay. Uh, yeah, really devastating. I mean, just yeah. I mean, memoirs themselves are powerful, but they're mostly written kind of after the fact mm-hmm. when the person's yeah. had a chance to reflect. But it's like these are the words, like someone living through this. Yeah, of a young girl situation. People yeah, are just being so girl. mean. It's, it's, yeah, it's devastating. Uh, yeah, so that's the Diary of Anne Frank. Okay. Um, Anatomy mm. of a Murder. Have you ever seen, heard of this movie? It's Jimmy Stewart. I've seen yeah. Jimmy Stewart in a courtroom scene. Uh, tell me what it's about. Is it? Yeah, so he's defending a service man who is accused of murder. And so it's it's directed by Otto Preminger, and it's a very realistic look at uh, topics that were kind of unheard of at the time. I didn't see this. Uh, the prosecuting attorney is played by George C. Scott, who we saw oh. in Patton. Yes. Much younger here. So, a very good movie. It's often listed whenever you see lists of the best courtroom dramas of all time. Oh, okay. It's usually on the list, almost never number one, but... Always there. But you recommend? Yeah. This looks like something that Adam would like. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. He likes courtroom dramas, right? Yeah. And finally, we have Room at the Top. Another serious black and white drama. Okay. From, this is a British movie starring Lawrence Harvey. It's a story of ambition, kind of uh, very topical at the time. He's... This is kind of the Mad Men era where he's kind of going into the corporate world and stepping on people as he as he makes his way up. Um, it kind of becomes a very self-centered person. But a lot of the plot deals with his, his, his relationship with a woman played by Simone Signore, famous French actress. Uh, but she plays kind of this worldly woman that he falls for and but pursues the 
daughter of wealthy, like a, a higher up in his company. Okay, not a good and idea. And so, yeah, it's about him uh, kind of using her as a stepping stone. And it's really, she's so terrific in this movie. And it Simone? just seems like Simone S- S- Signore. Yeah, because yeah, uh, c- it just seems like kind of the stereotypical loose woman at first, but I mean, she, she really has a lot of depth as the movie goes along, and it's, you really find out that you know she really has the most integrity of anyone in this story. Okay. So, very highly acclaimed, uh, kind of the critical darling. Do you so those are the uh, yeah, yeah. This is a pretty good lineup. I mean, you have this yeah. one enormous epic, and then you know four kind of black and white dramas. But the probably the most enduring classics from this year are left off of the best picture. Oh, okay. Race. Oh, North by Northwest. Yeah, oh. North by Northwest with so one of great. Alfred Hitchcock's great movies. Yeah. This is part of a, a three year sh- stretch where. Hitchcock made Vertigo in 58, wow. then North by Northwest, and then followed by Psycho in 1960. Wow. So I've never seen Psycho. I mean, it's just an extraordinary run. Am I going to watch all, Psycho? You can watch it whenever you want. But yeah. it didn't win. It did not win. Oh, no. But one the Apartment. Movie? Oh, also yeah. great. Yes. I have seen The Apartment. Yeah, directed by Billy Wilder, who was also left oh. off the best picture list here with Some Like It Hot. Oh, um, that. Really one of the one of the great comedies oh. of all time. Um, so, really a terrific year for movies. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, at Marilyn the, Monroe. Um, so at the Hotel Del, right? Yeah, yeah. It takes place in Florida, but it's filmed at the Hotel Del. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's a really terrific year for movies, and the, the by far and away the biggest hit of the year was Ben-Hur, which also... Oh, really? was the first movie to surpass Gone with the Wind to become the biggest hit of all time. The um, Shaggy Dog. Yeah, the Shaggy Dog is so great. The I've, I have seen the Shaggy Dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's actually it's actually much shorter than Ben Hur. <laughs> yeah. Operation uh, Petticoat movie. Yeah. I think I've seen Yeah. Have I seen that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, some looking out was also a big year, but I mean, huge gulf between number one and two. Oh yeah, so uh, Ben Hur really cleaned up. Yeah, a lot of big hits that year. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the Shaggy Dog, probably the more enduring Disney movie from this year, Sleeping Beauty. That was oh. not a hit at all at the time. Really? Not, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it just didn't do well. That's so interesting because yeah. it's by the time, um, you know, I was born. Less than ten years later, and growing up, you know Disney movie. Oh, yeah. and, you know, it's a yeah, total, and it's I mean it's like like classic. most of them, it just gets re-released over and over again. And but yeah, yeah at the time, like Disney kind of himself, Walt Disney kind of swore off princess movies after that. So oh really? Like, oh well, they've gone back to it. Oh, they have. Yeah, <laughs> well after his death, but like his remaining animated movies are like Good One Hundred One Dalmatians and Jungle Book and oh yeah yeah like okay. stuff and the. I see. And the boys. So now yeah, we're to no, Ben Hur. Yeah, we're going through all of the losers. I okay. think we're ready for our main attraction. Our main attraction, which so is Ben Hur. What is Ben Hur about? So Ben Hur is about a Jewish guy from a wealthy family 
His name is Judas Ben-Hur. Judah. Judah, sorry. Judas is another guy. <laughs> That's right. Judah Ben-Hur. Yes. He is uh, a Judean. Mm-hmm. Or is from Jerusalem. Yeah. And, and the timeline follows the timeline of of Jesus Christ. Right. So the opening scene, it starts with the narr- the the birth nativity, narratives, right. the nativity narratives that we see in you know the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, and then the end it ends with, and it ends with the crucifixion, passion. So that's the time yeah. frame, and Jesus is is a backdrop to this, uh, but a you know it's a figure that uh, we never see really his face except one shot in shadow. But we we only see him a couple of times from the back, so it's really about Ben Hur, who's Jewish, and his best friend is a Roman uh, guy who grew. They grew up together, were best buddies, and then Masala, Masala, mm-hmm. and then Masala comes to be the like number two in command, yes. number two in command in Jerusalem. And uh, the conflict between the two of them. So that basically an old story of best friends becoming enemies, which culminates in the... Fox and the Hound. The, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the Fox Very and the similar. Hound is basically, now I know, a remake of Ben-Hur. <laughs> yes. And anyway, these two guys, one of the one of the epic, or the epic scene, I would say, is the... Uh, the chariot race, which I'd never seen a chariot race before. I wouldn't have known actually yeah. what it looked like. But anyway, so yeah, which is really, there's lots of other people in the race or other teams in the race, but it's it basically comes down to Ben-Hur and Masala. Yeah. And there's a lot of other stuff that goes on too because yeah. it's almost four hours long. Yeah. So that's what it's about. Is that Yeah. Okay? No, that's, that's good. So... Ben Hur is it's a classic. Why are we talking about it so soon? Because it's not that great, to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't know overspeak. I don't know what you thought about it, but you know, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, really? There's parts of it. I I do have to say, and of mm-hmm. course, I say this as a devout Christian, and right. You don't like Christian movies. I don't like Christian movies, and this is one of the movies that I don't... It's not that I dis... I don't hate this movie, but it does have a lot of stuff that I don't like about Christian movies. But I did still get captivated at the end. Um, You know, I got caught up in all these... All these things. Um, You know, there's one depiction of Jesus that I really disliked at the beginning, which kind of soured my mood. When oh, they really? had, yeah, okay. they had him. Um, um, well, we I don't know if we talk uh, about that. Maybe, okay, my, well, we'll do yeah. general impressions. First, I do. So. What I did like is that I don't even know how they did this scene with the um, chariot race. Oh, I mean, it's that was really epic. I mean, it's it's one of the I, yeah yeah. I mean, I I think I like the movie more than you do. It's yeah. not my favorite of yeah. movie we've talked about. But I think this might be the best scene. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Extraordinary. Yeah. I thought that that buffalo scene in Dances with Wolves, which was also a movie, I right. dislike Dances with Wolves more, a lot okay. more than <laughs> okay. I dislike. And it's not that I dislike, don't, I, 
I, I'm not, I don't dislike it like I dislike some other movies. Okay. But this is just like, okay, it's kind of, that's why we'll talk about the Christian yeah. uh, stuff. But that chariot scene is pretty amazing. And I do have to say that it was pretty powerful. The, um, you know, even though it wasn't kind of, the, I don't know if it was a cinematic thing, but just, I did get caught up in that, I don't know if you'd say world building they did at the, seeing the crucifixion through another eyes. It's somewhat distracting throughout the movie is that also the, is it the life of Brian also? To sort of, <laughs> you know, where you yeah. sort of have Jesus as the backdrop and then you right. have the story going on. So I did sometimes have the life of Brian um, really? going on with me. So, uh, yeah. It, so those are, I you know, highs and lows. I mean, oh, yeah. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. It was long. Oh, okay. And I'm then, pretty surprised. I thought you'd actually be a lot higher on it than I oh, am. Oh, really? Okay. I think, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's, I, mean, I would say it's a flawed masterpiece, just in the sense that it is a spectacle and the grandeur of it, it's just like, kind of embodies that cliche that they just don't make them like that anymore. Yeah. It's, and I, I think not just this chariot racing, but the scene in the galleys is so well shot as far as the how, what, and we should say this is directed by William Wyler, who okay. we've seen yeah. in Mrs. Miniver before. Yeah. I was kind which, of expecting more from him, I'll be honest. But. Okay, well, I mean, he has these really exceptional scenes, and the... I, I just, I love how... So, the galley is when they were rowing underneath the ship? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and it was cutting back and forth between these men kind of on either side. It's kind of a long, narrow space, kind of similar to the first scene with Ben-Hur and Masala, with the okay. swords on either sides and then oh, yeah, kind yeah. of in the foreground. So, okay. it's kind of visually references that... But just how it uses the editing and the sound and the score and just that that guy kind of how he he's pounding the war drums and the having the editing go from kind of medium to long shots to really quick cutting as the music is elevating and that's just a really captivating scene and so that sets up a lot in when we do get to the war or the battles at sea, that we kind of know what's going on when he's um, going to, you know, ram mode or attack mode. Yeah. It's like we kind of know what yeah. what's involved. Okay, so it yeah, kind of sets us up that. for that. And Can I say yeah. something about that? Too? Yes. Yeah, that makes me appreciate that scene. Mm-hmm. more as you describe it like that. I hadn't thought of it yeah. in that artistic. And one thing that I I would say in his in in favor of this movie is that there were a number of times during the movie or at least a couple that I can think of so maybe more than I can think of off the top of my head where I thought I knew what was going to happen but it it played out a little differently. So it wasn't cuz that as you know, can annoy me if I can like predict everything that's mm-hmm. gonna happen. So that's all I had to say about that right now. So I said before I probably had seen it three times before 
this where I think I, I saw it, I was pretty young the first time and I thought, okay, well that's a classic biblical epic. Um it's just you know the, this is how it's done. And then when I saw it again a few years later, I was like, I I really don't like this movie. And I think my criticism at that time was that I found the end of the Masala storyline to be a cop-out because a lot of the conflict is he, Ben-Hur has to learn not to succumb to his vengeance mm-hmm. and to learn how to be forgiven. And I think it's kind of a cop-out for the movie to give us the satisfaction of his comeuppance oh, yeah. without having Judah... Yeah actually do it. So right. it's like you kinda of have your cake and you, eat it too. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. That they it was that very uh sort of satisfying what yeah. Right. It, yeah. That is that cake and eat it too because he and you see that so often in movies, is that mm-hmm. he leads to his own demise. Yeah. Like like the Sultan in not the Sultan but the um the guy, the bad the guy, Jafar, in, Jafar in Aladdin, yes. and I don't know why I think of that movie, but I guess I've seen a lot of kids' movies. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You, you have that commonly. Yeah, and then when I gave it another chance, I wouldn't say I changed my mind on that because I still think it is kind of a cop out. But I appreciate more how the Masala Judah conflict is set up because I think that first scene we get of them. I think that's really well done in terms of the dialogue and the blocking. Um, so have you learned the term blocking yet? I have heard the term blocking. Of, yeah. I don't know, just where people stand in a shot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the um, filmmaking term for just how the... How, how the screen space is arranged, mostly in terms of the people. I just and knew so it you from have... teaching theology at a film school. <laughs> so oh, okay. I would hear cool. the kids talk about this, so that's yeah. the most I know. Yeah, I, I, I really like how it's kind of it's set up very economically where we, we can see the affection that these men had for each other, uh-huh. very much so actually. I think it's interesting that their first kind of interaction is they're aiming for a cross, right? With the spears. They have oh. a spear throwing in there yeah. where the beams meet. Right. Oh, yeah, that is which interesting. Is very interesting. But then the, the dialogue kind of they push and pull each other in a very interesting way. And I, I think it's actually a very, it's probably the only scene that is kind of subtly written in terms of the dialogue and the blocking kind of reflects that in that it's it's kind of arranged so that they're both kind of jockeying for center screen position as the conversation has a rise and a fall but i like how it sets up this first interaction because it's the only time the rest of the movie masala is just kind of a out-and-out villain. Right. But you can kind of see how, in his perspective, Judah agrees to help him out. Right? Yeah. Or 
that's not really what's going on, but it's like I think the scene allows us to pick up on the subtext where Judah thinks he's he's just kind of sees the conflict growing and then and then kind of cuts it off at the pass and so he's just kind of like saying, Oh, you know, I'll talk to the leaders and that's what's going on in his mind, but um, you can see from Masala's perspective that he's saying, yeah, I'm going to help you out with these other leaders. And so you kind of understand why Masala feels betrayed when he doesn't have that paid off in the way Masala thinks it should be paid off. And I think that sets up um, an interesting conflict that it is kind of, from that point on, it's very simple good guy bad guy thing but i think that makes it more interesting and i think it is interesting also in 1959 that the conflict is that judah refuses to name names oh yeah oh that is true i hadn't thought about that yeah and it's kind of a a similar situation that you have in the communist because a lot of the people pulled before the House of Un-American Activities Commission are communists themselves, but they don't, they're reluctant to name names because, not because they agree with the people they're protecting, but because of the, they understand the motives of the people who want the names. Right. And so that's kind of the same situation here. You know, the, the naming names in this situation is the kind of the Jewish leaders who are more um, aggressive in terms of violence, which uh, right. Judah doesn't agree with, but he also doesn't want to turn them in. Right, and whereas Masala sees Rome as the future, yeah. and this is the, you know, why would you, why would you want to move backwards instead of go forwards? And, you know, at least in that opening scene, you're right, before he becomes the out-and-out villain, it's showing his motivation. It's also his heritage and, and homeland. He's, he is yes. Roman. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a Roman citizen. And, and I know you can be both Jewish and a Roman citizen. Yeah. You know, so they have their worlds colliding. But yeah, so that is that is interesting. Um, I do think one thing that's missing, and, and maybe this gets out what, is holding you back to is Heston's performance. I don't think he shows a lot of change personally as the movie progresses. He just he seems to have this kind of same demeanor throughout. He doesn't seem to be shaped by the events that he goes through. I mean, there's the plot has so much like riches to rags to riches to rags, and I mean, there's a lot of ups and downs, but he just seems to have kind of that same gruff demeanor. So it's not, I don't think it has that emotional impact that you would get when uh, on similar epics like this, where you kind of see like, wow, how much has this person grown since yeah. the early scenes? Like at the That's, end of Gone with the Wind, where we haven't gotten to it yet, but it's like you look back at the first scene with Scarlet and you're like, wow, this is a whole life that's been lived in mm-hmm. this three and a half hours but sitting here and, and as a matter of fact that becomes uh, something that's sort of foot stomped as who's the, the, the sort of love interest what's her name at the bottom there? Esther Esther mm-hmm. Esther says to his mother and sister at the end he's not changed he's yeah. the same he's 
you know, mm-hmm. he hasn't changed through all of this, which is it's interesting yeah. now that you say it. I don't know. To me, first of all, I'm not a fan of the color saturation of this era. So okay. that always, I brought that up before in movies. Just, I think oh, that is the like English patient. <laughs> well, no, the English patient at least is totally, that's just all yellow. Yeah. But this has that sort of 70s, but it's 59, uh, right. so maybe it's 60s. You know, just like real color saturation that uh, I'm already like, okay, this is going to be slow. And and then it also seems like some of it seems a little bit of overacting. I'm not good at telling acting, but it like so yes. dramatic. It's just like, okay, people, calm down. <laughs> you know, can we just tone so tone dramatic. it down, tone down the colors, tone down the acting just a little bit but and yeah, I'm I no think, acting expert sure. I'm not either I would say that I think I find Charlton Heston pretty hammy uh-huh. I think uh, Stephen Boyd gives a really good performance in this which movie one is as Stephen Masala. Boyd okay yeah I was thinking more Charlton yeah. Heston to be honest Hugh Griffith has a memorable supporting role as Sheik Linderum okay yeah um, I think he has a lot of personality yeah he does um, yeah, it, it's not intricate acting, yeah. like which is interesting because it's kind of what William Wyler is kind of known for how good he is with actors, and okay. we did see that in Mrs. Miniver. Yeah, she's got I think five acting nominations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I don't I don't see his character as all that dynamic. I think in the novel you get more of a sense of him changing over time in that he's very militant and there's a lot more talk of the messiah and about specifically his understanding of of that as a military leader Uh which i think is how it was generally perceived right and and so it, it makes it more of a thematic tie-in with the later part of the movie where he's learning to put down his sword and learning to accept the messiah who's not a warrior which is what he wants and so and then i think the revenge storyline has more teeth to it okay yeah so that would that would help me a lot yeah i also didn't like the part of the jesus stuff that i didn't like first of all the you know the uh, profile that they give just from the back is like so velvet <laughs> Jesus, you know. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, no, his hair He's looks glowing. like <laughs> it looks like it's been coiffed and you know has the curls just in the right. Are you talking about the scene where he gives the water. water? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But besides that, the earlier scene when they show the Roman. Legions, would you say the Roman yeah, army, army yeah. going through Nazareth, and and it's on Joseph, right? So they right. just show Joseph in his workshop. One of his neighbors comes over, and mm-hmm. they have that dialogue, and he's like, well, "Where's your son? You know, Jesus." Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, he's out." And they portray and they show him in the countryside, mm-hmm. you know, off praying, and his way of work is to go off and pray because Joseph had said that Jesus told him, "I'm doing." 
the work of my, my father. father. Yeah. Right. And they're like, oh, well, that's interesting because you're his father is what his neighbor mm-hmm. was saying. Right. I don't think that's an accurate description of Jesus before he started his ministry, which then would have been his work. Because prior to yeah. that, he wouldn't be neglecting his work to go off and pray. You know, he's not some sort of right creative artist kind of that can't do anything else. He would have worked hard, but also <laughs> okay, paid. yeah, that's you know, the dignity of work. You know, where yeah, where I, they, I think there's some confusion here me. about the timeline, which is different from the novel because here it seems like it's kind of starting out as Jesus is starting his ministry because. Yeah, but the, the years should have been before. Okay. So what's, been, what's the years? Like three years, right? Three-year ministry, but they had they had put down the year that that scene was, which was hmm. like 26 or something. Okay, right, yeah. So that would have been prior to him starting, but, you know, he would have been, you know, an adult male by that point. Or pretty early on, the Romans know about him. Right. Yes, but they know about we, John, and yeah. and then they say there's some guy going around doing miracles. Yeah, but that this I think this scene predated that. That was just the, I don't think. They oh had, right, right, right. The yeah. the Joseph scene. The Joseph right. scene predated that, so it's just yeah. this sort of a couple years because then we jump ahead again a little bit. Yeah. So, so I think my my impression from. The novel, when I read it, was a lot more time passes. Yeah. So I think, from what I remember, Masala comes back, it's like he's sent off to Roman high school. And then comes back, so they're very young, probably not even 20, when they have this conflict. And that's Uh, when he's sent off to the galleys. Like, very young. So he's just kind of passing through Nazareth when he gets the water from Jesus. Okay. And so you get a a greater sense of time having passed because he's on the galley for several years. And then you get more time in Rome after he rescues um, Quintus Arius. Uh, He spends several years, I think, wrestling, um, becoming famous. Okay. And then he goes off to Antioch, which is weird. You mean like gladiator kind of stuff? Yeah. Or, okay. well, yeah. or, or it was wrestling a different thing? I don't know. Yeah, I could be wrong. I mean, that's been... I, I trust you. I'm not, yeah. I'm not challenging you. It sounds like you are. No. Uh, <laughs> I do think that scene where Jesus gives him water mm-hmm. was a jump forward in time right. from no. the Joseph one that we described. Yes. So that was already... yeah. Yeah, because the Joseph scene is kind of, I think that's before we meet Judah, right? Right, I believe so. It's after the nativity, there's a jump from the nativity scene, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then there's a whole section of the novel that takes place in Antioch. Cause it's like, oh, okay. He goes, but Judah kind of goes there on business. on business, and then he meets Simonides, who is the, uh-huh. the right. former servant, but it, I think in the novel he had... He had been living off the her been her family's money and he's kind of living. Simonite. Yeah. Is he supposed to be like the Simeon character? I mean Simeon in the Bible who sees Jesus at a baby. No, okay. I have no idea. Well, Balthazar is one of oh, the wise men. 
Balthazar is one of the three wise men, right? He, you see him oh. come back. Okay, that's why his yeah, name he's is Balthazar. in the movie. Yeah, yeah, he's the one who oh. introduces Simonides uh, is the her father. Yeah, got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I had it. I was confused. Yeah, so he kind of in the novel he kind of meets them in Antioch, and he knows who it is, and like. Simonides doesn't believe he's really Judah because Judah died in the galleys. So, like, he sends a spy to figure out who he is, and there's a whole, there's a whole lot of other subplots, okay. and there's another woman who tries to get information from him, and, and this all happens in Antioch. Masala survives the chariot race, but oh. is left kind of a broken man. Okay. Because I think that he goes on to, like, hire an assassin to kill Judah. Mm. So there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happened. Yeah, um, his... That chariot race scene was pretty violent. It's... Like, extra- it's, uh, it's, it's How they... I don't know how they filmed that. It was painstaking. I mean, I, months, I think, to film it. They had I to- really like how patient it is and setting up, because you get the pageantry of it with just the, yeah, all the setup. It's like, oh, yeah, but even before the, the race starts, you have them, the horses lining up, and then you have like this pristine track, not a footprint on it, and you see like the, the they make a round, so you like really get the sense of the geometry of the space, mm-hmm. and like you see them kind of. And making these lines in the sand as the horses move around, and it's like it's really very impressive. And I just just think it's there's so much going on in the scene. I love the the fishes that tip over, so we get a sense of how deep into it we right. are. Yeah, you know, there's more going on than just these two guys battling, because you also have like. The tension from the medics who come out and have oh, to yeah. dodge the oncoming yeah, yeah. before it's they come crazy, back. Because it's a fairly short track. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, just a, it's a great amazing. scene. Yeah. Really. A, yeah. And really well. You know, if you remember back to our Million Dollar Baby podcast, we did look at that accident scene and how it's kind of really confusing the way the shots are put together, like what actually happens with the stool and how is it, there's this one guy we don't know who seems to be putting it out and like it's yeah. on the side or what, and it's just very confusing. But I love the clarity in this scene where we know exactly why Marcelo gets injured in terms yeah. of it really sets up why he's moving close enough so that the wheels interlock and, and how that happens, and yeah. why you know why Judah would be trying to break away from it, and yeah. and it's it's very economical. And they use that sort of I've seen that over and over again, maybe since this time of that spikes coming out of the yes. wheel. It's yeah. in Greece. Is it? Oh Remember yeah. That? <laughs> at the, oh, that's right. Know, it is in Greece, which yeah. I wouldn't have known it was. From this, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, th- also in the Phantom Mass. Yeah, a lot of their Jesus stuff was pretty ham-handed. Yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, I, my other problem with the movie is that the momentum just comes to a grinding halt after 
masala dyes. Uh-huh. And then we just get another, like, it's 45 minutes. Yeah. That's, like, when we see they have leprosy, it's like, well, I know how this is going to turn out, obviously. Yeah. You know I, this, and yeah. it's just, like, waiting for it to yeah. happen. Yeah, so I thought it was going to happen a different way. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, you know, they have leprosy. We're starting to talk about Jesus. They're going to go, and he's going to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, are, are they going to touch his cloak? They're going mm-hmm. to go here or something like that. So I was surprised that they finally get these women, the uh, Judah's mother lepers. and sister, as, lep- yeah, as lepers, that they go to Jerusalem to find Jesus and the streets are empty because everybody's at the trial. So they don't get there till it's too late, mm-hmm. right? And so then they're watching, you know, we're watching again the trial from a distance and through a different perspective. But then yeah. after his death, they become healed. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. A spoiler. Yeah, spoiler yeah. alert. They, they become yeah. healed, which is different the, when, than what I thought it was going to be, but it's not. I figured that they were going to be healed by by Jesus. Yeah. And, you know. They, and then, I mean, I, I just think that there's kind of a disconnect because we get, like, over three hours of there being a, a, a very straightforward narrative drive. And then it's just like we're kind of waiting for them to... Because the conflict is just kind of about, well, she's not supposed to tell them. It's just all sorts of, seems like kind of manufactured conflict. Uh Right. You know, people could. And again, it took the easy easy way out again, Mm -hmm. where she didn't, Esther Esther knew that they lived. Well, she had just found out that they lived. But the mother and the sister said they didn't want to do it, so she had to, don't tell Judah because we don't want him to see us this way. So she's going to keep the secret, which she does, and he finds out through Masala, who's the villain anyway. And mm-hmm. anyway, and then they, you know, so it is sort of like having your cake and eating it too. Again, yeah. I see what you're saying. We get to the end. It's captivating because it's the, passion narrative and you know and it's like oh wow that's you know this really happened and it's kind of crazy to think about being there and stuff but you know like if you're not kind of into that then right okay now all of a sudden we're doing passion of the christ it's like we're in a different movie right but without the parts i think that make other passion narratives Dramatic in terms of the betrayal and yeah. the you know denying Jesus and the, like all the what's going on with the apostles and the Last Supper and all the thing that kind of makes it more yeah. I don't want to say exciting because yeah. you know and it, easier to, it's almost like hitting some tent poles with the understanding that the audience all knows exactly what's yeah what's right. going on no exactly. And it's it is interesting because that clearly in nineteen fifty nine people were much you know I mean we've really become a post Christian nation since that time we oh, yeah. clearly I weren't mean, there the, more the, so, more so than then I mean it's still the majority religion you wouldn't have a movie well there was a remake of Ben Hur in twenty sixteen actually 
I haven't seen that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you. I don't think this movie would be played the same. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, think it would I haven't be seen either. that version. Uh, and I don't know that it would be the movie that everybody flocks to. Oh, that one definitely way. wasn't. The, right. Yeah, the, the 2016 one was a big, a big flop. Yeah. So what? How about because you said you don't like the color scheme or that this kind of setting? How would you Saturation. compare it to Gladiator? Uh, very similar story. Oh, very similar story. It's just the actual, like this sort of technicolor. This looks oh, okay. more technicolor. It does. Whereas Gladiator doesn't look technicolor. It it looks like it, actually Gladiator. A lot of those scenes were a lot darker. Yeah. Um, so some of them weren't colorful at all. But they don't. It they don't have that sort of like ultra-saturated technicolor, almost like fake colors. Yeah. That you see in this, and you see like in... the dyed tunics and purple dyed tunics I mean, against the yellows and browns. And and it's, it's almost... I mean, they still have colors and everything, but it's just... It looks more costumey, would you say? It definitely looks more costumey, and it looks a little bit more... I don't know. I don't know what the term is, but it's just a different color. Like when you look at the, just what you have up on the screen, the chariot race doesn't have that look to it. You know, that doesn't have a technicolor look to it. But you look at, you know, above it, you know, that's just, there's something, it's not just that they're bright colors, but it's, I don't know, I have no idea how to describe it. Yeah. I don't think we're, either of us are artistic. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you would like biblical epics. I probably wouldn't. Have yeah. you seen any others? I don't know. Have you seen the Ten Commandments? No. You might like that one. It does have a similar visual style, but I yeah. mean, that's much more of just a straight telling of a biblical and story. And I can and get beyond the Technicolor because um, yeah. My Fair Lady has some of that too. Oh, this is better than My Fair Lady. <laughs> No, Fair Lady is definitely better than this. Okay, well, we'll... But anyway, but yeah, I guess, so that, the color doesn't bother me in every movie. Uh, Yeah, I I don't like, I don't like Christian movies. (laughs) Okay. In general, there are two, like, you gotta be good with the, why can they never be subtle? You can be subtle. Do you like A Man for All Seasons? I do. That did have some of the color issues, but it... Yeah, um, yeah, but it's um different time periods. Yeah. Um but I So would you say you like Gladiator better? Because you seem pretty happy with Gladiator. Yeah. I think you liked it more than I did. Gladiator yeah. wasn't a biblical No, it wasn't movie. biblical, but it's like the same a generation like or two better. I like the themes better in Gladiator. Okay. Yeah. I like the Russell Crowe character better in Gladiator than I like the Charlton Heston. I didn't I didn't admire this character. You know, there were... I have to remember yeah, Gladiator. Yeah, character's kind There's of a lot thin. that I've already forgotten about Gladiator, I'll yeah. be honest. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I do remember um, there were some really... Um, th- there, was, there were things that I really... And I'm not like a big Russell Crowe fan person, but... I think you are. Am I? Maybe no, I am. No, I don't know. I, I don't know that I've seen him in anything else. You like the Lumis or Rom 
I thought you liked the movie. I don't like the movie version. I love the play. Oh, I've only the seen the movie version. Okay, that might be the difference. Yeah, great yeah, he's music. Not, it's great music. Yeah. His singing's not great. But. Yeah. Is he in that one? Yeah, he's um, severe. Okay. Anyway, yeah, so I don't know what my problem is, but yeah, yeah, I'm not... It's And it's not like I... I don't hate this movie. Right. But it's just like, okay, I'm... Well, whatever. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. I definitely prefer Titanic to this. Okay, yeah. Which I, is, I, you know, as much I, as I, I bash <laughs> Titanic, I've watched Titanic four times before I'd watch... Except I would watch that cherry yeah. and see it again. Well, actually, it's great. kind of violent, so I don't know. It was a, it's a terrific scene. Yeah, it is uh, a terrific believe scene. Believe it or not, Titanic's about a good half hour shorter. <laughs> 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 yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm surprised for some reason I thought I would, you would be a lot higher on it than I am. But. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, I like it. Yeah. Um, am I higher on it or are you higher on it? We're about the same. I'm better. No, I think it's really. I think it's very. I, I, I think it's a very good movie. I mean, there's some really terrific scenes, and I think it does have a, a strong kind of narrative drive until until about like, until the Jesus parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just kind of comes to a, yeah. a halt. But there's a lot of money about it for a three hour and forty two minute movie. Plot is not that. It's very simple. Yeah, like it's not a lot of subplots or any like you see with. I mean, Gone with the Wind and Lawrence of Arabia. There's so much going on, mm-hmm. and this is like pretty. It really cuts out a lot of the subplots, but it, again, it's one of the things that kind of surprised me going back. Is it kind of like really brushes over the Quintessarius parts. His uh, adoptive father. Oh yeah, we don't get a whole lot of it, and I'm like, yeah. where where is the three hours and forty two minutes? Like, yeah. why are there scenes that seem too short? But, yeah, uh, but you know, at the same time, I do love how much time it takes in setting up the chariot race, mm-hmm. and because it's a good ten to fifteen minutes, and just like yeah, the the, the pageantry to, right. before the race starts, and then it's another yeah. ten to fifteen minute. Um, yeah, and I had never seen that, and it was, yeah, it's, it's watch that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we'll see Charlton Heston again. I had never seen him. I've seen, I know what he looks like, so it's yeah. so interesting. I've only You've seen, seen Planet of the Apes, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. See him there. Yeah, he's the main guy. Is he? Yeah. It's been a long time since, some of those are terrible. Is yeah. he in all of them? Well, not all of them. But the older ones, yeah, I think he is. Pretty sure I've seen those. Yeah. yeah. I know what he looks like as an old man. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Have uh, I seen him in something as an old man? But anyway, you just look at sure. a. Yeah, the funny role scene was first offered to Marlon Brando. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, hard really? to see now. <laughs> but. I think he would have given a lot more depth to the yeah, character. Yeah, it's yeah. also offered I would have to love to see that. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, I think would have been better is it was also offered to Paul Newman. We oh. saw in last week's movie this oh. thing. Oh, this is so Hippie. great! And you know he's very young then. So I watched. Um, I rented it from Amazon Prime, I think. And yeah. so, if you hover. 
mm-hmm. while you're yeah, watching the right. scene, they'll have. I love that about Prime. Oh, yeah. they'll they'll have background things to mm-hmm. come up. So I got kind of addicted to that while I was yeah. watching it because some of these scenes are kind of long and you need something to read while you're watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. And they talked about him turning it down, Paul Newman turning it down. Yeah. One is he didn't like. What did they say? They he didn't like the. Oh, he had done it because Burt Lancaster also turned it down. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, he did not. He didn't like the Christian stuff at all. I mean, as a Christian, he didn't like how they handled it. Paul Newman? No, Burt Lancaster. Burt Lancaster. Yeah. Uh, Paul Newman had already been in one biblical epic and he hated doing it. I don't know what that biblical epic was. They said the name. I'd never heard of it. Yeah, there were... Yeah. So, and he said that one of the, one of the things he learned is he hated doing it, and his legs didn't look good in a tunic. <laughs> yeah. And so he turned it down. So that's what I heard. Okay. But they were still one with blue eyes. Yeah. With uh, what's um, his what's his name? Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. Yes. I I would have I knew from. Uh, Moses and Ten Commandments, even though I've never seen that movie. Okay. I think you might like the Ten Commandments. Okay. I, I really like the Ten Commandments. Okay. Uh, it didn't uh, win, though. No, it lost to Around the World 90 Days. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit longer than this movie, but I think you'd still like oh, it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, there's a, lot, there's a lot to that story. It starts in the bull rushes. And, okay. And um, I know the story. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Moses, uh, uh, we will see Kathy O'Donnell again. He played Tirza, the, okay. his sister. She's yeah. in the next William Wyler movie, The uh, oh. Best Years of Our Lives. Okay. Um, and oh, Jack Hawkins, who played Quintus Arius, okay. the adoptive father, we'll see yeah. him. In um, he plays very similar roles in a lot of movies of this era, but he's also in Lawrence of Arabia and The Bridge on the River Kwai. Oh, okay. Yeah, so did you want to do that a little bit? Sure. In 59, Ben Hur was born, a grand epic tale was sworn, Charlton Heston's might with the chariot's flight, Oscar glories it proudly adorned. Yeah. So it got 12 nominations. Is that a lot? Yes, that is a lot. Uh, two acting nominations. The average is probably eight. If it for is, a Best Picture winner? Yeah, for a yeah. Best Picture winner. That's what uh, I would say. Probably seven or eight, yeah. 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 So if it's more than eight, then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a lot. If it's yeah. four, I'm like, whoa, what's going on Coda only got three. Three. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I like Coda. Um, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the record is 14, so 12 was a lot. Uh, two acting nominations. Okay, probably Charlton Heston, because he acted mm-hmm. and then acted and then kept acting. <laughs> Good way to put it. Uh, Masala? I don't know. No, I think it was. No. Oh, it the was... gal. Esther? No. I have no idea. Who? Uh, Hugh Griffith. Who played uh, Sheik Elder? Oh, okay. He was fun. Yeah. Yeah, he was I fun. I actually liked I'm, him. I'm, I'm surprised yeah. that he would get the nomination over Stephen Boyd as a much more significant role. Stephen Boyd is Masala? Masala, yeah. Okay. But, yeah. but he was good. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, he was definitely a supporting actor. Definitely supporting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So it won 11, which is the record, tied with Titanic and uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Okay, so... Yeah, so it it won for art direction. Um, Charlton Heston won. For actor. For best actor. Uh, Who was he up against? He was up against Jimmy Stewart in Ugh. Anatomy of a Murder and Jack Lemmon in Some Like It Hot, who's so... Oh, yeah, that maraca funny. scene is yeah, so funny. fantastic. Anyways, costume design... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, supporting actor for Hugh Griffith. Oh, okay. The sound, uh, music, film editing, cinematography, best picture for special effects and okay, directing. Okay, yeah, that one, special effects. Oh, it's yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. Directing. And the I, only one it lost was the screenplay. Okay. Yeah, so right. Charlton Houston and Hugh Griffith were the um, male acting winners, and then Simone Signore for... Room at the Top won Best Actress, and Shelley Winters won for The Diary of Anne Frank. Okay. Supporting Actress. I, thought, I mean, I had it ranked going in as 31, so okay. it's kind of close to wow. that. I mean, it's a very impressive achievement. Yeah, I, I hear you, and I, I uh, do appreciate the, as you broke it down, so. But having watched in close production, I think I do like Titanic better. Yeah. Than, uh-huh. I and as like, far as the fifties go, I like I like I think I like Marty and From Here Eternity better too. Yeah, I agree. I like yeah. Platoon better. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's a very different movie. It's a it's, it has a lot more depth to it. I yeah, would say. Right. yeah. Which is so shocking for me. Before we started, I know this, you were like dreading I would, Platoon. No, I and I still it's but I point why I appreciate it so much more now. Okay, anyway, are we going to find out what's coming next? All right, I'm, so what do we think is going Neither of us had been her pick no. for coming up next. Well, I've got all the, the ites. Yeah. Parasite, Spotlight, Moonlight, plus Amadeus. It could be Amadeus. And then No Country for Old Men. The French Connection, Forrest Gump, The Departed, 12 Years a Slave, and uh, In the Heat of the Night. So, let's find out. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, you were right. That's what we had kind of guessed last week. All right, All right good. Well, Forrest Gump. I'm looking forward to seeing Forrest Gump. Yeah. How long is it? Uh, it's, it's probably, I think it's over two hours, but uh, it's, well, it's definitely less than three. Phew. Another Vietnam movie now. Yes. At least in part. At least in part. Yeah, so we'll be back with, I would ask you what you think it's about, but I know you've already seen it. Yes, I have already seen it. So we will be back next week to talk about Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump.